Hello and welcome to episode 41 of When Life Gives You Lemons Go Vegan. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja, and this podcast is where I share people's incredible stories of recovery after adopting a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet. Each week, I share doctors and experts along with majority recovery stories from people who've lived with multiple sclerosis, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, Crohn's disease, asthma, PCOS, Hashimoto's, rheumatoid arthritis, and so many others. And this is such an important thing for me to do. I'm really desperate to get these messages to everyone. And so however I can get these messages out there is what I will try to do. So now we're over at YouTube as well. So if you could head over to YouTube and subscribe to that channel, I guess the more subscribers, I don't know quite how it works, but the more subscribers are there, the more people can see that podcast and find that podcast. And especially if you're engaging and liking and giving those episodes a thumbs up, that really helps to share this messages because there's loads of people over at I, at YouTube, but there isn't as many people over in podcast land where I've been in iTunes and Stitcher uh, so far. So I'm spreading it over there. So go over and show it some love. That would make my day and it would help me get these messages out to more people, which is the whole point of this podcast is for more people to know the incredible healing powers of a low-fat, whole-food, plant-based diet for chronic diseases and, and preventing chronic diseases because I don't want people to get a chronic disease. I want them to avoid <laughs> avoid getting a chronic disease. That's the aim of the game of this podcast. So if you could share it with your family and friends, share the link, share YouTube channel or whatever, that would be so awesome. Thank you so much. Now, this week, I am so excited to uh, – recently, we had Shamiz Kachwala on the show, share from High Carb Health. Thank Hi, Shamiz, if you're listening. And he shared his you know, incredible, incredibly powerful story of healing after – Getting diagnosed with ulcerative colitis and then, you know, working with his mom and his his family to recover with a predominantly, well, all whole food plant-based diet, but his was predominantly raw and I think might be completely raw. I'm not 100% sure on that, but fruitarian. And he's doing such amazing work helping people to overcome ulcerative colitis around the world and other chronic illnesses. He's just, you know, a great, kind, loving guy. And I love seeing him thriving and doing the work that he's doing, helping people with ulcerative colitis. And to share this message because, you know, it might be a bit of a message that comes with some embarrassment because no one likes to talk about their toilet time. And what I wanted to mention about that is I think that one of the, you know, this episode and those episodes about ulcerative colitis talk about the symptoms. And the symptoms are things that are normally kind of taboo to talk about, such as, you know, diarrhea, bleeding from your rectum, you know, bowel, bowel, rectum, colon issues, and no one really wants to talk about them. But I think that that's part of the reason why things get to the places that they get to, because we ignore signposts along the way of being constipated or of being sluggish or being bloated or having IBS or, you know, having digestive issues. And I think that things get worse and worse and worse. And then we end up with malabsorption issues and we end up with, you know, conditions like Crohn's disease and conditions like, I, I, that's just my speculation. But that's what I think is that I, I do believe that for me personally with, with multiple sclerosis, I ignored a lot of signposts along the way before I ended up with a significant chronic disease. I think that when we have taboos around talking about issues like digestion and bowel movements and those types of things, it becomes something that we just we just don't mention. We're embarrassed to go to a doctor about them. We're embarrassed to talk about our symptoms. And I think that that's when things can slowly, when we're ignoring those signposts, lead to more significant and 
you know, worse, <laughs> for want of a better word, chronic diseases such as ulcerative colitis. So this episode is with Jason Fontana and I loved having him on the show and meeting him because he is such, like all my guests, so vibrant, so passionate, such a keen, you know, athlete and inspiration as far as the whole food plant-based movement goes. And I, I was just thrilled, especially because like Jason, you know, he he works a job traveling. And one of the things that my clients and people that I speak to about a whole food plant-based diet struggle with is, you know, oh, Korean, you know, I can't, I travel for work. It's too hard. You know, how do I do it for work? Like, it's just so difficult because I, I'm, I'm traveling and I'm hungry and I'm out and there's only a 7-Eleven next nearby and there's only you know, takeaway available. Well, Jason in this episode, you know, he works long hours and he works traveling as well. And he, I really loved that. He's just like, there is no, there is, we can make all the excuses in the world not to adopt a whole food plant-based diet. Like it's easy. It's too hard. There's too much prep work. There's too much, you know, feeding the family different meals. There's all these different things. You know, I haven't got time. I've got, you know, too many classes and I'm studying and I've got kids and I've got this and it's too much to think about. Yeah, I know, I know there is, there is all those things are all true, but if you're, if you're making your health a priority, they're just excuses at the end of the day. And Jason proves again that these are just stories we tell ourselves to stop ourselves from being the amazing healthy beings that we can be. We can keep telling those stories till the cows come home and keep stuck in sickness, in disease, in obesity, being overweight, feeling tired, feeling exhausted. And those things actually take up much more of our time than the things that we think we have are taking up our time, if that makes sense. You know, we get, we're so too tired and sick and unwell to play with our kids, even though we're saying that our kids are in the way of us eating healthy. We're too tired and sick to go after the careers we want, the jobs we want, the pay rise we want, the promotion we want. All of those things that where we that we continue to choose when we could when we say we're too busy to choose a low fat whole food plant based diet if that makes sense so yeah I love that Jason's kind of you know he's he's saying it's doable it's doable with a job if you just prioritize your health you know he's exercising he's working he's a you know great husband to his partner he's doing it's possible he's doing it he's doing it he's a live real person doing the things that many, many people say is impossible to do. He's doing the impossible. So if he can do the impossible, everyone can do the impossible. Yes. So I loved meeting Jason. He was so great. And he's such an inspiring athlete. And I can't wait for you to hear his incredible story of how he healed ulcerative colitis coming up right now. Thank you for listening. Bye. Hello, Jason. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hi, Corinne. How are you doing today? I'm really great. I'm really great. And I'm so excited to hear your story. I've given you a little bit of an introduction already, but if you would like to just dive right into how you came across this way of eating and what your life was like before you started eating this way. Yeah. I'd love to hear it. I think we'd all love to hear it. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me in. Yeah. So I, I started feeling the symptoms of ulcerative colitis in 2012. And what's ironic is I was unhappy. I was out of shape and overweight. And I started doing CrossFit around that time. So in January of 2012 through the summer, I was probably in the best shape I had been since high school. And 
around the end of the summer is when I really started feeling the symptoms of ulcerative colitis. And of course, like most people, I'd never heard of that. So I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I, I made some doctor's appointments and it didn't come right out at first that that was even on the radar. So fast forward, it wasn't until 2014 when I got officially diagnosed with uh, ulcerative colitis. And from 2014 to 2018, I, I basically just followed the, the standard protocol of watching what I ate, wrote down what was triggering my symptoms, and taking medication and my, my yearly colonoscopy. So in March of 2018, um, again, I was in the best shape of my life because I ran a full marathon in February, and I did my colonoscopy in March, and the doctor said my condition was getting worse and that we needed to discuss um, some more advanced measures. And I asked him if surgery was one of those options. And he said, not yet, but at the rate we're going, that could be. And it basically scared, literally scared the crap out of me. <laughs> because I don't want to go under the knife for any reason unless it's an emergency. And um, a, a friend of mine had got diagnosed with Crohn's disease last year. So she was already clean eating and I was skeptical of her success and thought she was being very irresponsible, not following the standard protocol. And once I got the bad news, I, I said, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to go, I'm going to start eating plants. My wife is already a vegan. And so the transition was a little bit smoother and I'm actually whole food plant-based. So I'm a little bit more strict than she is. And hopefully she can learn a thing or two and, and follow my, my footsteps. That's amazing. What an amazing story. So your wife was already vegan, which is just a, stroke of good luck on your behalf. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were not eating, I was not really eating meat or chicken anyway. So that portion was, was easy. And I didn't understand the difference between plant-based and vegan anyway. It wasn't until uh, I, I stepped into that world and started researching and learning and reading books and listening to podcasts that I really got a grasp of what food can do for your health outside of just not eating meat or dairy. Um, and it's probably the best decision I've made health-wise since the first time I went to CrossFit back in 2012. So that's a big journey. So you're saying that you are obese and over, you know, overweight, sorry, overweight in 2012. And then you obviously started to think about your health and get, get into CrossFit and, and get colitis at the same time. So can you, for people who don't know what ulcerative colitis is, who this is their first episode of the show and they've never heard anything about it, can you just explain a bit about what ulcerative colitis is to for people and, and how it affects people? So ulcerative colitis is an autoimmune disease that affects the large colon in your intestinal tract. Uh, basically, the, trying to think of the exact word, the, the, the biotics in the gut don't recognize that there's nothing there and they start attacking itself. And so you get ulcers in the lining of your colon. There's no known cause, though there's a lot of uh, speculation and there's no known cure, though there's some speculation on what can cure it. Um, it can be mild to just numerous trips to the bathroom and it can be severe that your trips to the bathroom cause bleeding or mucus or uh, any number of bathroom-related issues. Um, and then some of the other symptoms are you have joint pain, um, fatigue, stomach cramps, uh, brain fog. 
So for me, the symptoms, the main ones I was feeling were numerous trips to the bathroom, um, stomach cramps at night. The fatigue was terrible. If I had a busy day, at the end of the day, I would be on the couch, just knocked out. Brain fog, I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember anything. It was really bad. I had to write everything down. Um, so I had sort of got used to those symptoms, and that was kind of what my my life was like. I didn't really think much of it until I started eating plants and all those symptoms went away and I realized just how bad I was I was fighting it. Yeah, wow. So you're saying, really, because I think a lot of people listening will be saying, wow, he only started this in March. So since March, how have things changed for you? So on March 16th is when I had my colonoscopy. And that was the day I decided I'm going to eat full plants. I'm going vegan. And on March 17th, I started my breakfast routine much different than normal. And it took seven days because normally my bathroom routine would be wake up and go to the bathroom five to 10 times, go to the bathroom, go get dressed, go to the bathroom, brush my teeth, go to the bathroom. So in seven days, my trips to the bathroom stopped. Like I went once and it was all because I changed my, my first thing I changed was my breakfast habits. Wow. So what were you having for breakfast? Well, I was having a standard American diet of eggs, bacon, uh, hash browns or toast or cereal or the normal pop tarts or, or any of that stuff that, you know, most people have for breakfast. Um, and what I didn't realize was those were the things It wasn't immediately triggering my ulcerative colitis symptoms, but looking back, yeah, those were all triggers for the symptoms that I was dealing with. Wow. And so what does your breakfast look like now? I, so I have a pretty good routine and it's food that I enjoy. Uh, the first thing when I wake up, I have apple cider vinegar and 12 to 16 ounces of water. Uh, if anybody's starting out, I would do 16 ounces because the vinegar is a little difficult to, to taste at first until you get acclimated. Um, but now I do 12 ounces to get it done with quickly. Um, so I do that when I first wake up and then a little bit later, I'll have, uh, non-caffeinated tea with turmeric powder. Uh, some people are, they have a reaction to the dye in the powder. So if you have a reaction, try the, the raw turmeric. Um, and then I have a vegan muffin. That's, that's like my little treat. Uh, then after that, I'll have some avocado toast, vegan bread, avocado with a slice of tomato. And, uh, Probably about an hour after that is when I'll do my breakfast smoothie. That doesn't sound like a like a hardship at all. That sounds delicious. <laughs> and it, it's weird when I tell people that's my my plant based breakfast, and that that is what caused me to have no symptoms. They can't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was very skeptical. It's so good. So, what was the first book that you started to read about healing your um, ulcerative colitis? For anyone who's out there thinking, or oh, I don't know where to begin. What what book or resource did you find first that you were like, yes, I really believe this is going to be the answer for so me? There, there's a book and there's a website called um, Specific Carb Diet or SCD. And that was about two years ago. I, I first read that book and got a hint that food could actually heal your gut. But the Specific Carb Diet is at the time I looked at it and it was too difficult. It was it's way more strict than a plant-based diet. So I wasn't interested in, in doing that. Um, but in that diet, you can have regular food. You just have to reset your, your body's metabolism first. And, and then most people 
can get healed by that. So I, I, I kind of had a inkling that food could do the healing. I wasn't prepared to be as disciplined to do it. Uh, fast forward when I finally made the decision, it wasn't really a book. Uh, a friend of mine had turned me on to the Ritual podcast. <laughs> it's amazing, that podcast. It's awesome. And his book, Finding Ultra, is kind of what got me towards the plant-based diet. And when I looked up his podcast, the first few guests he had talked about gut health and, and plant health. And it was so very serendipitous at, for the timing that here I was looking for answers about gut health in this podcast. The first couple of guests they had were doctors explaining this. So it was the Ritual Podcast that did it. Oh, that is awesome. So everyone listening, the Ritual Podcast is so good. And his books and his work and his guests on his show, they talk all about a plant-based diet. But lots of things now, he's kind of branched a, a bit out, talking about more lifestyle things you can do to just live a really full great, healthy, thriving life. I highly recommend his podcast and his YouTube channel as well. I've never heard of the, of, um, the specific carb diet, so now I'm going to have to look it up. But, it's, but it's, not, it's not a vegan diet, yeah? No, it's not a vegan. It's not plant-based. It's uh, just a very strict, all-natural food type of diet. But they, yeah, they don't have any restrictions on meat or, or anything oh, like okay. that. Oh, okay. Okay. So what was your, so your lunch and dinner would have been very similar standard American diet prior to making this change. So what was the struggle for you? That's a big change. Was, right. was there struggles initially for you in changing over to a plant, a whole food plant-based diet? So the struggle was like, I know how to cook enough that I won't starve to death, but I did not know how to cook plant-based. And my wife, being a vegan, she could still have oils and, and other things that define her as a vegan. I'm trying to eliminate that from the diet. So I had to learn how to cook without oils and fried food and things that are allowed in the vegan diet, but not allowed in plant-based. So that was sort of the struggle. I, I did have a, a funny struggle where I was getting recipes from different areas on, on the internet. And then I would forget where I was getting the recipe from. from. So I would go to cook something I couldn't find which book or which website. So I, I, I started following Forks Over Knives and I followed that cookbook right now because they got a lot of good recipes and that way I know where everything is in one location. It's a great resource of Forks Over Knives website and their cookbook. I have their cookbook and I follow their website too. And I really love, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but the How Not to Die cookbook's quite good as well and the F Engine 2 cookbooks. But you know, I think that one spot at the start is a great place to start. Yeah, yeah. Those are, <laughs> those are on my to-do list to watch. Um, once I get comfortable, I'm taking a cooking class now to, to learn how to cook. And again, I would not starve with my cooking. And my wife was probably being polite with some of the meals I was making. Um, but uh, when you go back to the basics, you realize, like anything, how much you were missing and how to hold a knife and how to cut things. It's it's an interesting time. Yeah, wow. So you're doing a cooking class. I think that a cooking class is a great idea for people who are changing their diet completely because you do, like like you say, like for me, the oil and for my fat, my husband was like, how do you make flavor in food without oil? You know, how do you make things taste good without oil? It's a huge transition. So cooking class is a really wonderful idea, which I hadn't even, I think I hadn't even thought about for myself, but it's a really good idea. Thanks. <laughs> and so how do you find now with your workmates and socializing that the impact of this way of eating on your on your social circles? So the coworkers thing is pretty unique because I'm in the field. I don't 
I'm by myself. I don't see my coworkers very often. Um, so in fact, the first time they had seen me since I changed the way of eating was yesterday. Oh, wow. We had a, a regional meeting and about eight of my coworkers throughout the state of Florida, we all met up and I wasn't a big guy to begin with. Um, I was 180 something pounds and now I'm 162. So I lost about 25 pounds. Wow. That's very quick in since March. It's awesome. Well, and this is the size of my family. So it wasn't 180 pounds was more out of the ordinary, but my whole family's small. And so this is where I should be at. Uh, and when they saw that, it, it just, it, a lot of questions and a lot of questions about plant-based and they all knew I worked out. And there's another guy that does CrossFit and, and works out. So we, we were always talking and I was able to sh sort of share the differences between working out before and working out now. And a lot of them, they're very interested. And I've done a lot of research so I can answer questions as intelligently as possible because I don't want to give any misinformation. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to be preachy and get on my soapbox about a lot of the other issues that eating plant have brought up. So I just, uh, people saw the difference. Um, my friends, they all work out and they see me all the time. So, you know, they, they know that some of them are, are vegan already and or partial vegan. So they, they ask a lot of questions. It's, it's been really eye opening for, for everybody that is in my, my circle and my, my community. Can you talk a bit about the, the benefits to your exercise? Like you're talking about, I think a lot of people are, and a lot of people are talking about, cause, um, obviously, well, not obviously for anyone who doesn't know, but groundbreakers, the documentary is coming out soon. And so with, um, Peter Cameron is his name. Peter Cameron. I'm terrible with names. Director. James Cameron. James, James Cameron. Cameron. <laughs> Sorry, everyone listening. I'm just a terrible name rememberer. And so I think a lot of people are now thinking about how a plant-based diet can impact on exercise and on recovery. So how, what have you found as a person coming from a standard diet doing CrossFit to now a whole food plant-based diet doing, you know, CrossFit and exercise? What, do you, what have you noticed? My energy level is way better. When I was working out before, especially training for a marathon, it would, I'd had to be very structured. First, I had to make sure I woke up early enough to get all my bathroom trips in. And then if it was a long run day, I knew that I needed two days to recover after that. And not just to work out again, it's, but with ulcerative colitis, you can put yourself into a bad place if you overextend yourself. Uh, you can get infection, you can end up in the hospital. So I had to be very aware of what I was training for. Um, now those aren't an issue at all. Like I don't have any fatigue issues. I can work out. I've been working out the last five days, which was not possible before. Uh, not easy workouts because I'm, I'm training for an Ironman. So I'm doing yeah. a lot of swimming and a lot of biking. Uh, and so, yeah, now that I have this ability to train more, I've set my goals bigger than just a marathon. And now I want to do an Ironman and and of course, training for those takes time. And now I have the ability to do that. That is so exciting. The very first guest on this show, Adam Guthrie, he recovered from a heart disease with a whole food plant-based diet. And he went on to do an Ironman. And I just think, even me, I'm like, maybe I want to do an Ironman. It just seems like such a awesome way of smashing the stereotypes of a whole food plant-based diet and of vegans being these weak sickly people and it's also just awesome to say you know I've recovered from this disease that most people are stuck with for their whole life and gone on to do an Ironman it's just such a I don't know it's just such a great 
I don't know how to describe it. I just think it would be great for your confidence and self-esteem and just a great mes- message for people. You know, the idea was in mine, I, from researching and reading other people's successes, and it, it taught me that it, it's limitless if we put our mind to something. And of course, some people have some physical disabilities that prevent them from doing things. But if, I, if, if, if we don't have those, if we can get past that, then the sky's the limit on things that we can do. And like running the marathon, I never thought in my life I'd want to do an A or be able to do an B. And then once I did it, like, well, now what? What do I do next? And I remember as a kid watching the Iron Man on TV and never thinking, A, I would want to do one or B, that I'd be able to. And I mean, I still have about a year before I I do my first half Iron Man as a a training run. Um, But if things keep going the way they're going, I'm not going to have any problem completing it. And then the Iron Man is scheduled for November of 2019. So we'll, we'll, we got some time, but I think I'll be all right. Yeah, I think it'll be great. I'm super excited. You have to message me and tell me how you went. You'll have to, that's so exciting. So with your family and with your wife, back to that, how is eating? Because a lot of people on this show come in and they're eating a very different way to what they're partners are eating and even though your partner your wife is a vegan there's still a pretty big difference between whole food plant-based and the vegan way of eating so what does mealtime look like at the moment is it like two separate meals or is she eating more of your food or how is it working my wife works a little bit later than i do so i am now the cook in the house and even when we first got together she made it perfectly clear that she was not going to be the cook in the house (laughs) and that i better figure it out good for her She's very independent, which I absolutely love. And she does a lot of charity work outside of work. So she's like, I'm not home. If you're going to, if you're going to eat, you're going to cook. So fast forward to now, my wife is not against a plant-based diet. She just still likes things that she likes. So if I cook donuts, it, <laughs> donuts, her, her, her kryptonite is uh, salted chips. So she ah. loves potato chips and especially the salted ones. So that that's her kryptonite. She, She's weak with those. Um, but no, if I cook it, you know, she's going to eat it. There's sometimes she doesn't like to taste and we're, we're very honest with each other with our cooking. If she doesn't like it, you know, we, we talk about what could have been better and it, it's seamless. I, I actually feel bad for people that don't have it as easy as I do in that sense, because it, it could be a struggle if you're in a home where you've got kids that are picky eaters or a spouse that is a picky eater. And now you're cooking three different meals uh, yeah. and that, that could be very time consuming. Yeah, exactly. We, ha- we, we've gone through that in my family where we've had my husband eating a different meal, me, and then the, <laughs> then the kids and it is, it is now we're all on the same page. So it's really nice, but it was, yeah, I, I hope that mo- more families go through that and at the other side, like we have, and not just get stuck making three meals for eternity. <laughs> I think the important thing is it's like everything. It's a process and Luckily, when I woke up and decided to go plant-based, cold turkey, I I cut out everything that day and had no regrets. I don't have any urges or anything. But had I not and had my wife not been on on board, it would have been a process. It would have been you start off with small meals and swapping different things out until you, everybody sees the benefits or they feel the benefits and then they can be more inclined to, to join that movement. Yeah, um, I I agree with baby steps. You have to take you have to take what you're ready for. Otherwise, you end up just revolt revolting back to the other way of eating because you're just 
Yeah, it can be really tricky. And I do think that adding more in, I think Chef AJ from memory talks about, and lots of people talk about crowding those bad foods, those in inverted commas, bad foods out of your your diet by just adding tons more plants in. And eventually you just start to feel better. And you're like, well, why, do, why would I eat that thing that makes me feel awful? Well, and that's one of Rich Roll's podcasts, the doctor explained the, the physiology behind that and how your body accepts certain foods because that's what you're feeding it and it tells your brain this is what you need to survive on. And then when you switch away from the pizza and the hot dogs and some of this stuff, eventually your body's like, that's not what we need. We need this substance, the, the good food, the, the healthy food. That's what you need to survive. And those cravings go away. And I mean, I hear the horror stories. People just can't stop dairy. Or they can't stop cheese. And I'm very, very lucky that the thought of a burger or even cheese just does not sound appetizing or look appetizing for me anymore. That is amazing after in such a short time that you feel like that. But I guess your symptoms, I think as well, when your symptoms are as severe, you know, as severe and, and the outcome of your symptoms, like possible surgery on your colon, when that, like for me, when people talk about, used to ask me about chocolate or cheese, I'd say, look, I couldn't feel my legs eating them. <laughs> like there's no chocolate that's delicious enough for me to want to go back to not feeling my legs. And I think probably for you, you're like, there's no burger that's worth going to the toilet 10 times in the morning and possibly losing a portion of my colon. Is that right? It, you know, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought of that, but no, you're absolutely right. I think subconsciously my brain is saying that's not worth it. Like there's no piece of cheese there's nothing that's worth, I mean, the fact that I go to the bathroom like a normal person now that I hadn't done that in six years is probably what is driving me to not even think of those foods in anything but disgust. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But back to your point about um, the cravings, I think that Doug Lyle, I don't know if I'm, you probably have come across Doug Lyle in your in your travels possibly, he wrote a book with Alan Goldhammer called The Pleasure Trap. The Pleasure Trap. I've heard of the book. Okay, I didn't know who wrote that one. Yeah, so his book, I think I've mentioned it before, but it just talks about that those foods, firstly, they trigger, we, we, we want to eat them. Now we're designed biologically to go after high-calorie foods like animal products, cheeses, pastries, oils, those things. Our bodies are wired to seek out the highest-calorie sources of food to give us the energy to, you know, run from dinosaurs and tigers in, in the wild. But unfortunately, our brains don't recognize, can't differentiate between, you know, we get out, we get between like an avocado and a donut. And so we just think we know, our, we know that a donut has huge amounts of calories. So we go for the donut every single time as our default, which is why most people find it so hard to get off cheese because it's, it's such a high source of calories. It's also got casomorphines in it that are super addictive. And then your microbiome changes in the bad bacteria in your gut that would have caused your ulcerative colitis desperately wanting to get that cheese and meat and donuts and bacon and all those things because it just keeps that bad bacteria thriving and it keeps that good bacteria basically dormant in your gut and us living with chronic disease. So there's so many factors that impact on us having those cravings and often it's a case of it probably is the billions of bacteria in our guts winning over wanting to keep themselves alive more than they're wanting to keep us alive, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> No, and that's exactly 
you know, when I was researching this, that's exactly a great breakdown of, of what happens. I mean, we can't control what the cells in our bodies are doing from our brain. They do it automatically. And they tell your, they tell your brain what to do. They're like, we need this food. And if you've been feeding them pizza your whole life, they think that's what you need. And so it, it's a hard cycle to break unless, like, like you pointed out, you're like, it's not worth it. The, the consequences of eating that is too great. Yes, it's so true. And obviously we wish and we wish our loved ones would be like, have these, that everyone would just want to go plant-based overnight because we, we know how amazing you can feel and how much energy you can have and how much better we can feel. But unfortunately, we also know that we've had to have a gun to our head to make this change ourselves. And, yeah. of, and often people do have to wait until they're backed right into the very corner before they're willing to adopt a whole food plant-based diet themselves. It, yeah, it, I made it a conscious effort not to be preachy about my food. and But when people see how much weight I lost or that I can work out five days in a row, they ask questions. And what I'm trying to develop is a way to explain it without coming across and and not turn them off to the idea. Because even if you don't suffer from chronic disease or you're, you're relatively healthy, you can still go to a plant-based diet and be even better. It, it doesn't have to be like you said, a gun to your head and this is your last chance to be healthy, you you can be a healthy person and be even better by going to a plant-based diet. I think that's it's, it is very tricky. I think every person that's been on this show has talked about that trying to balance not wanting to be a preachy, dogmatic vegan who's making everyone just run away <laughs> into <laughs> <Pretty> the... <much. laughs> and how to just... I think, I think you're doing and... You know, there's times, as I've mentioned many times, there's times when I have fallen off that wagon because sometimes you do get so overwhelmed with the issues at hand when it comes to the animals and the planet and you do think, oh, my gosh, just hurry, 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 hurry for the sake of the planet. But, but most of the time I do think that it is a case of leading by example and just being that shining light, which you are being, you know, like you said, that they're wanting to know they're coming to you because you look amazing. You're working out five days a week. You've lost 25 kilos. You haven't got ulcerative, well, you're not having symptoms of ulcerative colitis. Like there are reasons for people to be drawn to you and to want to learn more. And that's, that's probably the best way to get people to, to come across to this way of eating is to, show them that, that you're thriving in this way of, with this lifestyle. And that's exactly it is if they can see the results and then they don't feel like I'm like cramming it down their throat, there's a chance they'll consider it and then they can spread the message and then they can spread the message and it becomes, you know, the community, my tribe, the people around me can feel as good as I feel. And then they can have the people around them feel as good and they can pass it on. And, you know, that's what you hope. But like you said, you're, you want it to be faster. Like if they could just do it tomorrow, if they could just see, if they can just try it for seven days, if they can follow my breakfast routine, which isn't that difficult and still very filling and fun, they would see a difference. You know, I have uh, confidence in that. Have you ever thought about like trying to get a little posse of people to try it for seven days? So I have been feeling it out because when people ask me questions, I always lead with the breakfast because I feel like my breakfast is doable. Like that is not, out of the ordinary. It's not like cooking lunch that's plant-based or a dinner that's plant-based. It's four or five things in the morning that most people would do anyway. 
so yes, I have thought about that. I I don't know if I'm there yet in in preaching preaching and and stating what's happened in a way that won't turn people off. Like I I do talk about it, and if people really want to try it, I would love to guide them. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think I'm there yet in in a, a program. Oh well, anyway, when when you're ready, it will happen. I just I just meant like a couple of your workmates. If they ask, just say, hey, let's just do it for seven days. I'll help you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have said that to a couple of friends, and they. They, they were not as receptive as I was. <laughs> oh, well, one day, you never know when it's going to happen, but it, you never know. So there's two more questions I wanted to ask you. And one is, oh, how are you going with, because it's only been two months. So you haven't had like a Christmas or a, have you had like times eating out and struggles eating out where you're like, this is quite challenging? Or how have you found things with family or dinners with friends? on this way of eating. I think a lot of people have these struggles and I like to share people's every person that comes on the show. I ask them because I think it's such a big, like, Oh, how am I going to do this when like I go to aunt Josie's house and she's eat made of lamb roast or a roast. And I don't know what to do. How do you, how do you go with those types of situations? So my struggle is really because I travel for my job and eating in different cities. Most places don't have, plant-based. They might have vegan. Uh, so for anything, I plan ahead. If we're meeting people for dinner, luckily a lot more restaurants are more compliant than they used to be. Um, family has been a lot easier because my wife being a vegan since she was in high school, her family's already aware that she doesn't eat meat. Um, so we'll bring something. We've done a couple of barbecues. Um, we've gone out to eat. We've gone out to eat with people. And we'll just pick a restaurant that is favorable to, to vegan. And I think for the most part, people don't really care as long as we're not infringing on them. If, if, you know, we don't go somewhere that they pick and then we sit there miserable because there's nothing to eat. You know, we just try to check their menu online, make sure they have something. If they don't have anything perfect, I'll eat before I go. Uh, that way I'm not as full. And then you can order some sides or, or something along those lines. Yes, yes. And it's a really great idea eating beforehand. I, I eat beforehand and I have food in my handbag. <laughs> and I like have a big ha- handbag. And I was telling my guest last week, last episode, I think that because I have a two year old, I can bring like a nappy bag. People think it's for my kid, but it's just full of food for me. <laughs> There's like one nappy in there. <laughs> it's, it's just Perfect. bananas. It's just bananas. <laughs> no. And so what would be your three biggest tips for anyone who's considering this way of eating? So do your research. I mean, we live in a time now where you can get as much information as you like at the click of a mouse. There's podcasts with not just regular people doing them, people with credentials, doctors, mm. scientists. Mm. There, are, there are reports out there. There's plenty of websites with no agenda other than giving information. You don't have to pay for anything. You don't have to sign up for anything. You can just read their findings. Talk to the people around you and, and find you might have some people in your, in your tribe that are already eating this way or already seeing the results. And if you can team up, it's, it's easier to get through the difficulties. Uh, if you find people that are thinking like you and, and uh, looking to make a change like you. And I guess the third thing is, again, take baby steps, you know, start off by cutting out some things that are bad. I I think sugar and dairy are the two worst things outside of meat, sugar and dairy. If we can get rid of those in in our diet, I think people will be a lot healthier. So 
try cutting baby steps and, and cutting a couple things out here and there. And, and once you see the results, it'll probably lead to, to more changes. They are all really great tips. I think all of them, research, community, and baby steps are really good. And I think that that idea of just cutting out, you know, obviously all of it, but, but I mean, cutting out something, it's one thing at a time. Often it can be as simple as just cutting out the milk, changing the milk in your breakfast cereal for this, for your starting step for a seven days, just have a plant-based milk instead of a dairy milk. It doesn't have to be everything all at once. Right. Just doing one thing and then trying to slowly get rid of dairy altogether and then slowly getting rid of sugar altogether. If you're not in a like Jason was in a hurry, you know, he had surgery, you know, a possibility of surgery coming up. I was in a hurry. I couldn't feel my legs. But if you're if you just 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 at the start and you're like, you know, I feel pretty good, but you know, I'd love to see how you know, if I could have the energy to do an Ironman one day or if I could you know, feel better, then if you just start slowly and just say, hey, how about I just start taking away the milk, changing the milk in my coffee, or if I want to just, you know, cut out the egg breakfast I have on the weekend or whatever it is for you that you think that's doable and I can, I know I can do it. And then once you do that one thing for like 20 days, 30 days, then start the next thing and you start to build this momentum in yourself like, holy cow, you know, I haven't eaten eggs for... 30 days. Maybe I now I feel ready to try dairy for 30 days. Maybe I feel ready to try right. sugar for 30 days. And it just starts building that momentum until all of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm plant-based and I, it didn't hurt. <laughs> it, didn't, <laughs> it didn't hurt, which I think it does sometimes hurt if you're like, oh, I have to give everything right now today. It feels like a loss. It feels super hard. But if you're, you know, unless you're like Jason, who's just like bang, but I mean, yeah, not everyone is in that place. And if you want to take it slowly, any steps better than no step forward. And that's moving forward is like, it's hard to be perfect in a plant-based diet. And there's days when I have to eat out and I know that they cooked with oil or, you know, I have pancakes and I know they, they used eggs and it's like, I'm okay with messing up. I don't accept it. And I just try to be better the next time. Um, and, and a lot of people beat themselves up and they'll give up or it's too difficult. I don't want to do this. And that is, that, that's a worse mindset I think to have than, than to forgive yourself for, for a trip up and just trying to be better the next day. Absolutely. And I do think now that you're saying that, I do think a lot of people do fall off in that first week or even the first few days. And then they go, Oh my gosh. And they do beat themselves up and they, think, oh, look, it's just too hard for me or it's too hard for my family. You know, they've come home and their partner's brought home hot chips for the kids for fun and they've been unable to resist the hot salty chips. And so they've eaten some and then they're like, oh, look, it's too hard. You know, now this is going to happen all the time and I'm never going to be able to be strong enough to do it. Just keep going like Jason said, you know, just go, okay, I ate some hot chips. Tomorrow's a better day. Tomorrow's a new day. Like eventually you'll have less and less of those times. It's just, you just have to build like a callus on your, on your, <laughs> on your, what's the, what's the muscle on the junk food muscle. <laughs> on the resistance. Muscle? I don't know <laughs> what it is. <laughs> you need to build up some callus and you have to build that callus up by 
just falling over, you know? You fall over, you hop back on, and eventually you've got some enough scar tissue to resist all of the temptations in society. But you still mess up, like as Jason said. Go to a restaurant, they use too much oil. Even though you ask them and you beg them, please, not much oil, they just don't even know how to cook without oil because they've never learned. And so you're like, oh, this one time I'm going to eat some oil. Or they put egg, what, egg in your Thai noodles and you just forgot to even mention that and now you're eating it and you're halfway through and you're like oh gosh there's egg in this it happens to every single person I don't care what they say it it happens we have our we have our moments when we're eating the things that we know aren't good for us and we just have to hop back on the wagon and keep moving forward yeah that's happened with me on salad where I asked for no cheese and they still put the cheese on there and I'm not at that point where I'll send it back. I just kind of scrape the cheese off and, you know, some of it still stays in there. But, yeah, and that's that's what happens. That, you know, that's part of the struggle in a sense that uh, sometimes you just got to accept what they put in front of you. We have to eat. So don't go hungry either. That's a fourth tip. You, if you've got to eat, you've got to eat. Don't go hungry. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I have – it's it's so hard when you are hungry and food arrives and it has – for me, because <laughs> now I really can't. I've got just at a stage where if I see cheese, I'm like, I can't eat that. If it's like avoidable, then I will pick it out. But if it's unavoidable, like a pizza, I remember when I was pregnant, this pizza arrived and it was covered in cheese. And I was super crazy pregnant lady hungry. And two pizzas arrived and they were covered in dairy cheese. And I like, I think I was crying. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I was like devastated. I remember I was, I thought, I don't want to waste these pizzas because like they're whole large pizzas for my family. But I can't, I couldn't eat them. And I remember I went to the neighbor's door knocking. It was raining. And I'm like, does anyone want this? And they're looking, who is this crazy lady on our doorsteps at nighttime <laughs> in the dark offering vegan vegan pizzas? Like my son picked the toppings and it was just, cap- one was just red capsicum and cheese. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no one, no, no meat eater wants a vegan pizza that's covered in cheese. It's just capsicum. <laughs> <laughs> he was th- he was three and he picked the topping just capsicum <laughs> I was like oh, that's great okay <laughs> someone took him in the end but I did look like a loony a loony tunes rocking around <laughs> in the dark with pizzas to give away <laughs> yes it is tricky and I do recommend if you can pick it off and you're starving I agree with Jason just just do what you have to do but you know if you can avoid it and there's something banana in your fridge while you wait for the next thing Put a banana in your handbag at all times. That's my suggestion for everyone. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> While I was here, I just wanted to mention, have you heard of Shamiz no. Kachwala? He was on a few episodes ago. He is a raw vegan and he had ulcerative colitis. Um, I'm not saying you have to go raw because you're nailing it whole food plant-based, but he, was, he wasn't vegan at all and he got ulcerative colitis very severely kind of very suddenly and he was on the show and you obviously made me think of him he has a website blog business called high carb health i think and i'm not saying that you need to follow him but he's really inspiring as well and i mean just because he has ulcerative colitis obviously i thought of you so his story is really wonderful as well and it was super super inspiring to see these diseases that basically they're saying you're stuck with this a huge amount of medication potential surgery and then to see you two both of you recovered so quickly it's just such an empowering inspiring story to see both of you doing so well um on a plant-based diet when 
there was no other solution for you. So it's really exciting to hear your stories. And that's why I was so excited to get you on the show. And I'm so grateful to have you here because there'll be people out there. And the thing is, these kind of conditions and in my condition also, they start with signposts along the way that we ignore and ignore and ignore and ignore and ignore. And, you know, a lot of the signposts I'm imagining for ulcerative colitis probably would be very similar to IBS. And you would probably pass them off as IBS initially, irritable bowel syndrome initially, just thinking, oh, well, I'm gassy, I've got diarrhea, I've got this, I've got that. And, you know, I think that seeing both of you can, obviously you've done amazing, but just for people listening, you know, just don't ignore those initial, if you can, if you can, (laughs) try not to ignore those initial signposts uh, along the way before getting diseases. Because most people that have come on this podcast, there was, there were signs like obesity, weight gain, you know, energy loss, brain fog, all these things, the little things saying, your body saying, ah, something's terrible, it's going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and you, you chalk some of those things up to getting older or, you know, what I ate last night is not agreeing with me. And so, yeah, the signs are there. It's just sometimes you think the sign is for something else and it turns out to be you know, our fear is the signs are something serious and we're afraid to confront that. We're afraid to go to the doctor and what does this actually mean? Because you don't want to get the bad news. And in a way, ulcerative colitis was the best news I could have gotten. It could have been a lot worse. I could have had a myriad of other diseases that are are serious as well. So, I mean, it it, it led me to where I am now. So in a, in a sense, I'm thankful because I, I probably would have never considered plant-based um, had I not had ulcerative colitis, had I not been trying to be active and it wasn't, I couldn't be active. Um, so yeah, following the signs is, is smart. It, like anything, it's not always as easy as we'd like it to be. No. <laughs> we look back and we're like, well, all the signs were there. Why didn't I read them and listen to them? Oh, I know. I know. I don't know. Humans are apparently the top of the food chain, but sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we got here. <laughs> We're stubborn, very stubborn. We are. We're so wonderful and stubborn at the same time. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on the show. I've loved having this chat with you, and I think that your story is going to be so inspiring for people who are are living with, you know, the gut issues and from Crohn's disease, IBS to leaky gut, ulcerative colitis, they're all kind of just shitty conditions to have have. and I think that people listening can go you know what before I get the Crohn's diagnosis before I get the ulcerative colitis diagnosis maybe I'll maybe I'll make the switch to a whole food plant-based diet or maybe they're like I'm, I already am whole, whole food plant. I think that most of you, my listeners probably have already gone to this the, the dark side of whole food plant based. But hopefully, there's some listener who hasn't and doesn't know, and that they're like, okay, cool, all right, I'll give this a shot. Well, what I'm hoping when I was doing my research, and if you don't have a community of people that are like you, then podcasts like yours help because you you hear stories of people not with the same affliction but they're just struggling with chronic disease and they're finding relief in as something as simple as eating plants, which on the, on the surface is very difficult to understand or believe. And then when you hear people's stories, it's like, wow, there's people that are doing this like I am. And that's why 
I, I encourage people to look for podcasts and websites and, and hear people's stories. Even if it's an average guy like me, you know, like you said, they, they might get inspired and it might resonate with them as well. I think it's so inspiring, average guys like you, Jason, because most people who in society are just average guys, you know, average women, you know, they're mm-hmm. the average person is the one that's living with the chronic diseases across, right. the, across the whole world. So I really think that your story is inspiring because you're like, if this guy who, you know, work travels for work and traveling for work probably be the hardest type of job to maintain a whole food plant-based diet. And to, for you to be nailing it and to be feeling so good, it just, it does give people hope. Like if he can be working, traveling for work, still make time to make smoothies, make avo on toast, have apple cider vinegar, you know, do the whole, do that whole morning routine, then it's possible for other people to do it as well. So I really think it's really inspiring and I'm thanking you so much for coming on the show. No, it was a pleasure to be here. Thank you very, very much as well. Thank you so much, Jason, for coming on the show. Thank you all for listening. If you haven't yet subscribed to this channel, I put out new episodes every Sunday slash Monday, and I'm trickling them out into YouTube at the moment. So you can now listen to them on iTunes, Stitcher, on my website, obviously, and at YouTube. At well, that's at, The YouTube channel is called Corinne Ninja because that's just the channel that I had and I don't quite know what's going on or how to make a channel that's different. So this is the channel, it's Corinne Nidja, but it has all of their, I think we've got now 12 episodes up there at the moment. So you can, well, if you're listening to this, there could be, all of them could be up, but it's going to come out every Sunday slash Monday, like the iTunes and Stitcher, but I'm still getting the last 40 episodes onto YouTube at the moment. But it's there. So please share it with your family, like it, subscribe it, give episodes thumbs up, listen to them, you know, check them out, support them because I really want these messages of hope to get out to as many people as possible. So this is another way that I'm going to try and do that. So please, thank you so much for your support. And if you haven't yet subscribed, subscribing, and if you haven't yet given it a rating or a review over at iTunes or Stitcher, your ratings and your reviews really help the search engines, the search rankings, improve the reach of this podcast so that more people can find it and that makes such a difference to me but to other people who may not have ever heard these these stories and may never have known that a low-fat whole food plant-based diet can be such a miraculous healing tool in people's tool belts so thank you so much and if you haven't yet followed the when life gives you lemons go vegan facebook page you can head over there and i post updates guests you know, new episodes, all kinds of things over there. So I'd love your support over there if you wanted to go over there and join. And that's about it. If you have any comments, questions, queries, just message me or you can leave a comment on the show notes page and myself or Jason will do our best to answer any questions that you might have about what he did to heal his ulcerative colitis. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. Bye.